From Mountain Home to Raft River, we've got all the District 4 analysis you'll need to know. This is the Magic Valley PrepCast with Scott Burton. Tonight, another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast coming at you on a Wednesday. It is February 9th, 2015. Brandon Bainey is always joined by Scott Burton. Uh, it is Super Bowl week for our resident uh, Los Angeles Rams fan, Scott Burton. How you holding up? You doing okay? I am just, I just want you to see. This is what a winner looks like, Brandon. You've got three different uh, St. Louis slash LA Rams helmets. Um, it looks like the original from like the 80s. Yeah, more the 70s. Oh, yeah, 70s. Okay. And then the, the newer, the greatest show on turf, right? That early right 2000s look. That is correct. And then, and then the recent move to Los Angeles, you know, 2017 or whatever and beyond. So, yeah, so yeah, this is what a winner looks like, Brandon. I just want you to, to know that because come Sunday, it's going to be celebration time. And it's going to last quite a while, too. You know, if they don't win, uh, everyone is going to give you so much crap for that. I would, expect, I would expect nothing less than that. I mean, I talk a mean game. I should uh, be able to take it back. No doubt. You uh, you come on the podcast every week, repping your Rams gear. So you got to wear it if they don't uh, if they don't deliver. So. Yep. Um, and then so now I'm I'm repping a, a flat bill, which I never ever ever wear. Matter of fact, people that wear these flat bills, I just kind of run around and knock them off their heads because I'm kind of old school that way. But this is for the waste management golf tournament. I'm kind of doing my little Ricky Fowler bill going on. So, yeah, so you, uh, so a little behind the scenes. As soon as we're done recording here, Scott, you are going to hit the road. You uh, get getting some much needed R and R time. Oh boy, yeah, you're not kidding. So uh, heading down to the waste management in Phoenix, and uh, going to spend some few days down there. And if uh, things kind of line out, and I can work some stuff, I have I have tickets to the Super Bowl. I just got to get there, and I got to rearrange my week. So it's going to be interesting. We'll have a nice conversation when uh, we resume next week. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be super exciting. If you want to see Scott's uh, impressive collection of football helmets, you can watch the video version of this on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel or Facebook page. Audio only also at IdahoSports.com or wherever you download your podcasts. Uh, for the fans that are watching the video, uh, again, as we go through, we're going to start with girls basketball and start with the district tournaments. Uh, some state bids already have been handed out this week. And so uh, for for fans that are watching on the video, we're going to put the brackets up on the screen again so you can follow along as we're breaking down all of these girls' district tournaments. And again, if you're listening audio only and you feel yourself getting lost, you can go to our homepage, idahosports.com. It's right there on, on the main uh, part of the homepage. All the district brackets are there as well. So uh, let's start with the 1A D1 tournament because that uh, was the first tournament that actually crowned a district champion and that came uh monday night at the college of southern idaho csi and it was raft river who came in as the three seed scott we we knew the top three were all interchangeable they'd all beaten each other it's raft river the three seed knocking off murtaugh 48 to 42 and before that they took out number two oakley in the semis 30 to 26 two wins by a total of 10 points but They'll take it. And Raft River with first-year coach Bart Dieters moving on to state. 
Yeah, that's that is such a tough, tough conference because, like you just said, those three teams are they they're interchangeable. You know, I mean, just because Raft River's the three doesn't mean they're the third best team. It's just that's the way it shook out. And and I got a chance to watch all three of those teams, and man, they are similar. They they're, they're just really hard nosed, physical, um, defensive minded for the most part. And man, it's a different brand of basketball when you watch those three because they are just tough. And uh, and the, the unfortunate thing is one of those three, they're going to sit home. And uh, luckily for Raft River, they've punched their ticket. But uh, tonight here in Jerome is going to be the Murtaugh-Oakley game, the one and two seed uh, for that second berth, you know, to state. Yeah, and what I didn't realize about Raft River is they're – for the most part, kind of a younger team. You know, they they have a lot of sophomores and a lot of freshmen that are on the postseason roster. And so for Raft River to break through and, and get this bid to state uh, was awfully impressive. Uh, do you have do you have an idea of how tonight's game might go, Scott? You've seen these teams up close and personal now. Murtaugh and Oakley, the top two teams in the conference in the final regular season standings, only one will get to move on to state. Yeah, boy, I tell you, this one is this one's going to be tough. I mean, I think uh, I think Murtaugh's got a, a little bit more offense. Uh, they've got some some weapons offensively, and Oakley has got the defense. You know, and so I mean, you got two guys: head coach Todd Jensen and head coach um, Perry at uh, Oakley. I mean, they are just good dudes, and they, they're great coaches. But I think it's a con, you know a conflicting style. You got Murtaugh, a little bit offense. Oakley, very much a defensive team. So I think it's going to be physical, and it's going to be whether or not Oakley can can get stops, um, you know, against a, a Murtaugh. Murtaugh likes to get out and run a little bit too. So uh, I, it's strength versus strength. So I'm 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 kind of feel bad that I won't be here for that game because I've been on the mic for almost all this tournament. Uh, but uh, I, I've got other places I need to go. Yeah. It should be a good game. It should be a great game. Yes, it'll be uh, fascinating. They split in the regular season. Murtaugh won the first game back on December 1st, 44-39, to and then Oakley got him in the rematch January 13th, 34-29. to So each team won by about five points, mm-hmm. um, and it, there's been enough time. There's been almost a month since these two teams saw each other last. So I think you throw it out the window and it all comes down to who plays the best tonight. So, yeah, it is. I mean, there's only so much you can scheme for and do and whatnot. It's going to come down to the players on the floor executing. I mean, these teams know each other so well that there's not going to be any surprises. It's going to be who puts the ball in the basket more than the other team. Uh, It's that simple. Definitely. And I understood how young raft river is. They don't have a single senior on their roster. So They'll probably be right back in the mix again next year. So congratulations again to Raft River. Uh, last night, we had another district champion get crowned. The Sawtooth Conference, 1A D2. We'll keep it right in that 1A neighborhood. Uh, the top two teams met in the district title game, Carrie and Dietrich. And it was the second seeded, pan- you know, death, taxes, and Carrie making it to state. I mean, you can you can pretty much set your watch by it. Um Kerry kind of scuffled through the regular season in terms of overall record, um, but Coach Merrilee Sears is so good at, at getting those girls ready to play when it comes to tournament time. They defeat Dietrich last night, 45-31. to 31. 
carry advancing the state for uh you know the umpteenth year in a row and now you've got uh, a win and you're in game for second and third place essentially dietrich's got to turn around and play ridgefield which uh outlasted camas county last night 39 to 27 so camas we talked about their girls team this year and what a great run they were on they were just in a loaded conference and fell 39 to 27 last night so they they take fourth dietrich and richfield will play on friday night actually a thursday night thursday night and the winner will move to state loser will stay home for the postseason yeah here's another conference that has three really strong teams in it and a couple of upstarts uh like we talked about with camas but uh you know at the end of the day it's going to be the top three battling for two spots and uh you know a lot of those teams are interchangeable i think this is another one uh Kerry and Dietrich, I mean, how many times you had the conversation about these two teams and, and their battles, and this is no different, but boy, what an effort by by Kerry, though. I mean, they come off a close game with Richfield, and they just turn it on against Dietrich, the number one seed, and Dietrich has just cruised, you know, and a lot of times you get those teams that maybe aren't challenged enough. And then when they're presented a challenge, it's it's interesting to see how they react. I mean, Dietrich got the number one seed. They've got the bye in the tournament. Uh, and then they had to deal with Camus, and they just wiped the floor with Camus in that first game. We're not even tested. You know, and district tournament time is not the same as regular season. You know, and so sometimes you get these teams coming out of these district tournaments that are battle-tested a little bit more. And, uh, you know, maybe that's a wake-up call for Dietrich because – they needed it. You know, Kerry, on the other hand, um, had no problem with Hagerman in the opening round, but they won a close game with Richfield in the semifinal. And so you can't help but think, you know, they were ready for that close game. Who I, who knows? But there are three good teams, and this one ought to be a really good game on Thursday. Well, and we talked about uh, all three of those teams all tied for first. They all went 5-1 and one uh, in the league, They and they all beat each other in a circle here. Dietrich beat Kerry. Carey beat Richfield, Richfield beat Dietrich. And so Dietrich couldn't beat Carey for the second time this year. And now they're hoping that they don't lose to Richfield for the second time this year. So D yeah, Dietrich's in a tight spot all of a sudden. One last note on Carey. I think it's been very impressive because for the last four years, uh, despite what struggles they've gone through, they've always been able to hang their hat on, hey, we've got Kylie Wood, who uh, was one of the best basketball players to come through the Magic Valley in some time. She's now playing college basketball in Minnesota and uh, all-time leading scorer at the school. All the records are hers, and they lost that. They, I mean, they lost, you know, 65 to 70% of their offensive production from last year just with Kylie Wood leaving. And so the fact that they've been able to bring in these new players and still have that same level of success, very impressive. So, oh, absolutely. And so it just kind of goes to the whole thing. It's not a rebuilding year. It's a reloading year, you know, and when you've got that kind of tradition uh, that, that Kerry does have, I mean, you seldom take those off years. It's next man up mentality. And in order for that to happen, you've got to have a certain degree of toughness. And, you know, if you listen to our podcast, you hear me talk about toughness quite a bit. Um, it's, it's a quality that seems to be lacking in a lot of, programs and teams and schools and kids these days, but you, you kind of find yourself talking about these smaller schools and the communities that they have. They're all just kind of the farm kids that are still holding on to that, that work ethic and that toughness. And that's Carrie. And uh, they, they've stepped it up and replaced a huge void 
um, with Wood being gone. But hey, here they are. Congratulations to them on another state birth. Yeah. Some more state births will be handed out tonight. Uh, we'll start with 3A District 4, the SCIC District Championship game tonight in Filer. It's the top two teams, number two Gooding, number one Filer. Uh, Filer won the undefeated semifinal matchup with Gooding last week, 70 to 46. Um, I think, you know, something would really have to go wrong for Filer to not advance to state. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I agree. This is filers all the way. And uh, it, it would take something huge for filer not to win this game tonight. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess that's why they play it. But filer is clearly the favorite. Yeah, and we talked about, you know, Filer's going to come into state with uh, a record maybe not as impressive as some of the other teams. Uh, the, they're 13-9 and nine overall, but they, they really challenged themselves with the non-conference schedule. I think Filer knew that hey you know and their coach clayton nebaker they kind of knew that hey we're we're going to be pretty good this year so we the, you know they went out and played century and shelly and cole valley which is the best two-way team they played jerome um they really challenged themselves in terms they played mountain home which is going to get to state for 4a um, yeah. i mean they challenged themselves so you can't look at the record and say well you know maybe they're not as good as we think um, and they're they're so fast. I'm just not sure any team in 3A can match their speed. So they're they're going to be a tough out at state, um, if and when they get there. But yeah, no, for sure. And Filer's one of those teams too that, uh, like you said, their record isn't really indicative of how good they are because you know there's a couple of different philosophies when you schedule you know non-conference games. You know you get the down years, the rebuilding years where you have to schedule soft just so you can get the feel of winning again. Um, but then there's a team like Filer who is pretty dang good. So what do they do? They go out and schedule all the forays in the district, uh, in the Valley, and try to challenge themselves because they know when they get to state, these are the experiences they're going to fall back on. They're going to get to state and realize, hey, do you remember how big Mountain Home was and how we handled their bigs inside? You know, do you remember how we handled the shooters at Twin? Do you remember how we handled the trapping of Jerome? Uh those are the experiences that they're going to draw from when they get to that state tournament. And that's why they schedule those non-conference games. Yeah. So that'll be a tonight filer, a chance to advance the state. Now Gooding uh, if, or whoever takes second place, they will have the chance to play themselves into state as well. They'll have a state play in game against the winner of the second place team from district uh, five and district six. Uh, at this point, that's probably looking like Teton. Um, but American Falls has gotten hot all of a sudden as well. So either way, it'll be a good battle for that that state play-in game there. Uh, 2A District 4, their district uh, title is tonight as well, the Canyon Conference. And again, it's a one versus a two. Declo taking on Valley. Declo won the undefeated semifinal over Valley last week, 49-36. to 36. What do you think in the rematch tonight for the district title? Uh, you know what? That's, uh, that's interesting. I mean, you still have to think Declo's the favorite. Um, but there's so many mental games that go on in these little district tournaments because, you know, Valley, here they are, just got thumped double digits by Declo. What's their mindset? You know, do they bounce back and go, you know, what, we cannot beat this team? Or do they bounce back and say, you know what, hey, we've got this. You know, it, it's, it's a, a test of the, the mental toughness of these kids. Um, but I, if I were a betting man, and of course I am, <laughs> I mean, I, I'd say Declo still is the favorite. Whether it's a double-digit win this time around, 
I think Valley's got a little bit more pride than to let that happen again. But but Declo is Declo is a really good basketball team, and I, I see them advancing. Yeah, they've closed the gap with each uh, subsequent game, more or less, um, as Declo has won three times already, twice in the regular season. The first game they won 46-21. to The last two have been pretty respectable, 57-46 and then 49-36. This is the fourth time these two teams are playing. And le- le- let's say Valley wins tonight. They'll have to play that if necessary game as well. That would be the fifth time. How How difficult is that when you're facing the same team four and maybe even five times in one year? I, that is hard because they already know each other as well as they can. Um, but it's it's one of those things to where it's like, man, we're sick and tired of playing these guys. And it, I, I don't know. I mean, if it comes to that if necessary game, you'd have to think that Valley's got a little bit of momentum. You know, after taking their lumps from Declo all season long and then the first round of the tournament, um, that maybe – momentum swings a little bit, you know, so I, I still, I still like Declo in this game, but if Valley's able to pull it out, then, well, I tell you what, things got real interesting in that if necessary game, because I don't know if Declo is, is the favorite anymore because of momentum. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. And we're not done talking about Declo and Valley basketball either. We'll, we'll talk about their boys teams coming up in just a second. But first, we have to examine our final district bracket. It is the Great Basin 7 Conference. Their district uh, championship game is tomorrow night, Thursday night, uh, 7 o'clock in Burley. It's the top two teams, number two, Mountain Home, number one, Burley. Uh, t- uh, tomorrow night as well, you'll have another loser out game between Twin Falls and Canyon Ridge. Crosstown rivals meeting for a chance to uh, play for second and third place. Um, but the story isn't that Burley and Mountain Home advanced, Scott. It was that they were really pushed in the semifinals by both Twin Falls and Canyon. Let- let's start with Burley um, because they have, they have just – blitzed past everybody in the league this year, including Mountain Home, the second-place team. But Canyon Ridge came out and gave them a tough battle. Burley won, though, eventually 43-39. to You you know, Canyon Ridge is one of those teams under uh, head coach Kevin Cato right now that's peaking at the right time. Um, And and Cato's been around the game long enough to know that it's not about how you're playing up until you get to January, February. Who cares what happens in November, December? But they brought up a, a freshman post. The guards have caught fire, um, you know, and, and they're they're scrappy, you know. And Burley got up on Canyon Ridge by 16 at one point, but somehow Canyon Ridge clawed their way back in it. And even though they fell short, I mean, that gives you a little bit of a sense of what Canyon Ridge has become in, in the sense of they, they just don't quit. And they, like I said, they're getting hot at the right time. So I wouldn't count Canyon Ridge out of that twin game, even though Canyon Ridge is the number five seed. I don't know if that does them you know, justice because they might be the hottest team right now. So that twin Canyon Ridge game ought to be really interesting. Uh, but, you know, for Burley, having that close game is probably what they needed. They needed to know that they're not invincible, that they cannot just show up and cruise. Uh, because sometimes we see that happen, and that's the worst thing for a team is a, some false sense of security that you're so much better than everybody else. Then you get to uh, the state tournament and you're like two in barbecue because you didn't get pushed. So I think that's going to be a blessing in disguise for Burley. Um, but it also shows you how good Canyon Ridge is playing right now. 
Yeah, you, you see that sometimes where teams all of a sudden bring a player up or or it's a new starting lineup and it just clicks. And it's really cool to see that when it does happen. The other semifinal was even more of a nail biter. Number two, Mountain Home. Number three, Twin Falls. This is a game the Tigers had to rally late. And I mean late. Twin Falls had the lead very late into the fourth quarter and just couldn't quite close it out as Mountain Home comes back to win 47 to 45. What a What a wild and fun game that was as well. Oh yeah, no kidding. I mean, this was a, a kind of a game of of could Twin Falls handle the size of Mountain Home, and could Mountain Home guard the shooters? I mean, it was just really it was that simple. And uh, you know, for Mountain Home, they only had one three pointer the entire game, and and part of their mo is really to shoot the three, bring out the defense and then take advantage on the inside. So it was one of those games to where Mountain Home just shot horribly, and Twin Falls shot very, very well. Twin had eight threes on the game. So it was just one of those things to where it's like, holy cow, everything going wrong for Mountain Home, everything going right for Twin. Uh, And then Sadie Drake stepped up for Mountain Home, finished with 24 points. Um, And it was just one of those survival games for Mountain Home uh, because they are – a really good team, uh, but uh, they, they struggled. They struggled. You know, they the th- they lost a post to a, a knee injury. They're six man off the bench, and so uh, that's Isabel Johnson. She blew out her ACL uh, and is done for the season. And she was getting twenty minutes a game. You know, first one off the bench, and so they're trying to kind of manage their bench. Mountain home is that way. Um, without Johnson there. And it's, and, and it's going to be some figuring out for coach Keener, but uh, somehow mountain home got it done against twin falls and boy, twin. Wow. That's off to them for going into mountain home and putting up a fight like they did. Yeah. It sounds like based on what you just told me, if I'm looking at this twin Canyon Ridge game tonight, I think I would lean Canyon Ridge wow. because uh, it sounded like twin was in one of those games where everything went right for them. And it's, it's hard to do that two games in a row, whereas Canyon Ridge maybe battled a little more. And, um, you know, even though they lost by more than Twin did in their semifinal loss, I don't know. It just sounds like maybe Canyon Ridge is the team that's more well-constructed uh, to win when things aren't going right. And so, well, I don't know. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right, Brandon, because, you know, you get teams, and we've seen it a, a thousand times before, you get teams that have to rely on on hot shooting to win. Um, I'm not saying twins one dimensional because they're not, but that really kind of is their deal. They've got some shooters and they were all hitting against mountain home, but what happens when they don't, what else do you have? And that's where a team like, you know, Canyon Ridge comes in. They are scrappy. They will get after you. That's where a team like mountain home, they weren't hitting, but they found a, a way to get it done in the paint with Sadie Drake, you know? So what is going to be twins answer? if they're not hitting from the outside, you know? And so when you go to the state tournaments, we, we, we've seen it a million times, the teams that rely on the perimeter don't get very far just because they have got to have three nights in a row that they're on fire. And, and that is so hard to do. And so, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, this, this game with Canyon Ridge and twin ought to be really interesting because if twins not hitting their shots from the outside, what are they, what are they going to do? because they definitely don't have the size on the inside. Are they going to be able to be physical? Are they going to be able to push Canyon Ridge around? Because they're going to have to get after 
uh, the Riverhawks at really their own game. And Twin is going to have to be the more physical team against Canyon Ridge uh, if they're not hitting from the outside. And we'll see if they can do it. That Twin Canyon Ridge game might be might be a better matchup than Burley Mountain Home. Burley won both uh, matchups with the Tigers in the regular season by double digits, so we'll have to yep. wait and see. And what a cool story it would be for Twin Falls. They won the girls' soccer title as the overwhelming favorite. They won the volleyball title coming kind of out of nowhere. Um, and I, I just did this <laughs> postseason time, the Twin Falls girls, they just always seem to be in the mix. So, yeah, that'll yep. be a lot of fun to watch. So It will be. It'll be a good game. Yep. All right, that's a look at what's going on in girls basketball, and we'll have girls state next week. Uh, so, so next week uh, on the prepcast, instead of just Scott and I talking, we're going to do a, a live special where we're previewing all six state basketball tournaments. We'll talk to the play-by-play broadcasters from each uh, tournament and kind of preview 5A, 4A, 3A, 2A, all the way down to 1A, D2. And then what we'll do is put the same podcast in the feed for each of our regional podcasts. So you'll still hear Scott next week on the Magic Valley Prepcast, but you'll hear some new voices and see some new faces as well. So that'll be a lot of fun. And we're going to do that uh, live as well um, Tuesday night. So fans that want to hop on Facebook or Twitter and ask live questions um, can yeah. do that as well. So that'll be a lot of fun. So yeah, absolutely. looking forward to it. Yeah, let's uh, let's move to boys basketball. And the big story uh, is in that 2A Canyon Conference. We've been talking all year, Scott, about, oh, yeah, Valley and Wendell and Wendell and Valley. Those two duked it out last year and, and they're looking strong this year. And, you know, Wendell swept Valley and you said, well, you know, Valley was missing a lot of their guys. They're not worried about it right now. They're, they're worried about districts. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Declo has emerged and now. Uh, basically has wrapped up the regular season conference title. And I'll admit, I did not factor Declo into the equation at all, and that's my bad, because the Hornets finished 3-1 and one in the league with a 54-51 to win over Wendell last Friday and a 64-61 to victory over Valley last night, Tuesday night. So they've defeated Wendell and Valley by three points each, and the Hornets at 3-1 and one will be the number one seed at Districts. Yeah, go figure. But, uh, you know, you look at this Declo boys basketball team, they're – they're predicated on what it takes to win the close games. I mean, it's uh, they, they get after you defensively. They're scrappy. Um, if there's a knock on Declo, it's the, being able to score the basketball. But it's the same thing that we just got done talking about. It's like defense and scrappiness will travel. Offense has a hard time traveling sometimes. So you, you can generate offense with good defense. You don't necessarily generate scrappiness and good defense with good offense. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. this is where Declo comes in and they've got a couple of guys that are really leading the charge in uh, defensively in that scrappy effort, Dalton Powell and uh, Trigan Zollinger. I mean, those two right there are kind of spearheading the whole thing, bringing a ton of energy, uh, taking charges, deflecting basketballs, diving on the floor for the 50, 50 ball. But what that's doing is it's spreading this little, workmanlike mentality through this Deco basketball team to where you talk about all the intangibles that win basketball games. That's what Deco's doing right now. You know, it's not about, Hey, we're going to free up our shooter and, and hope they hit their threes or we're going to, you know, feed the post all the time. I mean, they're not offensive minded. You don't hear that a lot. What you do hear is how tough they are and how many charges are they going to take? You know, it's funny because they have uh, something that they do, Declo does, where they, they track charges. And each guy that takes a charge in a game earns a brass shell casing. 
And so they have this giant board uh, that's that's really cool. And they have all these shell casings, these empty shell casings hanging by the names of all these players for the charges that they take in a game. Um, the coaches have some leeway. So when they watch film and a charge didn't get called that they felt should have been called, they'll give them a shell case. So um, <clears throat> I saw a picture of this, uh, of this board. And I mean, it was super cool. And if you take pride in something like that, uh, like Declo has done, that makes you a really tough out because you're bringing something uh, to the table that that really is their their mo. They make people uncomfortable. They want to get in your face. They want to push you around. But more importantly, they want to make your offense really super uncomfortable. And and so far they have found their niche, and they're doing that very very well. You know, so yeah, congratulations to Declo. They kind of like you said came out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, they're 8-12 and 12 overall, and six of their eight wins have come by six points or less. So like you said, they, they've they got a knack for winning the tight ones, that's for sure. Uh, Valley will be the three-seeded districts. They went one and three in, in districts. Um, they were the preseason favorite coming in, and Wendell at two and two um, will be the two-seed. So uh, Wendell and Valley right away will have to play each other at districts next week, and that will be very interesting to chart that tournament as it goes because that's a free-for-all any any of the three throw a dart at the board and any of the three could go to state so yeah absolutely and we're seeing that in a lot of these brackets here there are really some more than just two teams that uh, could actually do some damage at state you know you got the hot declo team coming in at the right time you got the perennial favorites in valley and wendell that were supposed to just go one two all the way um throw a little wrench in it with declo now and could be a fun tournament Yep, for sure. All right, let's uh, before we get out of here, it is Super Bowl week, so I think it's appropriate we talk a little pigskin, Scott, a little football That's news. Right. Uh, so last week we had uh, National Signing Day, and for for uh, old school fans like us, Scott, back in the day, there, there was only the one signing day, and it was in February, and so it was a really big deal. But now with the early signing period and stuff, it's kind of taken the luster and shine up. But we still had a lot of big signing news in terms of athletes going on to the next level. I think the biggest story last week from signing day was Curtis Atkinson, the the All Conference All State quarterback from Gooding. Uh, committing to play football at Idaho State University. Yeah, yeah. And so, like you said, signing day is super exciting. It's it's great for all these kids. I mean, it has been watered down with, uh, here's my initial signing. Here's, I really didn't mean it signing day. And then I've changed my mind signing day. And then I don't know who I was when I signed all those three other times day. So it's it's really kind of been one of those things nationally. But locally, our kids commit. And when they sign something and they make a decision, you know, they honor that. And Curtis Atkinson uh, has done that. He has signed at Idaho State uh, to go play football. But the, the interesting thing about, about Curtis is if you followed him in, in high school, he was probably the biggest quarterback in the state. And, I mean, the dude is huge. And he's not going to go play quarterback at Idaho State. I mean, he's not quarterback physique and material that kind of way but what they did is they recruited him as a football player and um you know he's bring he brings the intangibles um you know with him he's a good student a humble kid a hard worker you know so he he initially attracted the attention of a lot of naia schools and they quickly learned that i that he was probably a little bit better than naia naia and so division one 
was kind of on the doorstep. Montana State showed some interest. But I think that Atkinson really wanted to go to Idaho State, but they were having their own issues, you know, with their coaching changes and, and all of that kind of stuff. And then once the new regime kind of settled in at Idaho State, that got Curtis back into the conversation again. And so they recruited him as a football player. Now, what they do with him, you know, who the who knows? I mean, they could make him, um, you know, like a, a wildcat H-back type of quarterback, a, a Taysom Hill type of player, or they could decide to bulk him up and put him as a linebacker or an edge rusher or something like that. I mean, the, the, the door's wide open for Curtis Atkinson because he's going as an athlete. And, uh, you know, for the football staff there, they're pretty excited to get him just because they can mold him into whatever they want him to be because he has those intangibles that I just spoke of. He's going to be a great asset uh, for him, for, for uh, Idaho State. So congratulations to him as well. Yeah, I've never understood, you know, with Idaho and Idaho State, there are a lot of talented players in the state of Idaho that have been overlooked for so many years. And it's like, yeah, you can't build your entire roster with Idaho kids and be competitive in the Big Sky Conference, right? You need those caliber athletes from other states. But there's enough Idaho kids that can supplement your roster. And it's been ignored for a really long time. And now with new coaches, both for the Vandals and the Bengals, they've really recommitted to getting out to these high schools, talking to these coaches, finding these gems. And I think it's great for the state of Idaho. Yeah, no, I think it's fantastic. I mean, we're seeing all these kids um, having all of their hard work pay off for them. Um, and going to some Division One schools, I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. Uh, and so it's going to bring a lot of notoriety back to his hometown and do wonders for the football program there, which might be a nice transition to the next subject. But, um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been really great seeing all of these kids from Idaho, especially here in the Magic Valley, sign on to the next level and go play. Uh, it, it's been really fun to watch. Yeah, our, our last topic on the, on the prep cast today is uh, surrounding that Gooding football program. So, uh, of course, Curtis's coach this past year was Cameron Anderson. Uh, he, he was our first guest on the uh, Magic Valley prep cast. We had him on after the season to talk about all the hype surrounding the Gooding program with a couple of Division One athletes uh, being looked at by college coaches all year long. And he came on and talked with us for about 15, 20 minutes and was great. And the big news came out yesterday, and I'll, I'll be honest, I, I was kind of taken aback by it. Mm -hmm. uh, Co coach Anderson moving on from Gooding. Uh, he just got hired as the new head coach at Burley. I, what a get for the Bobcats and for Gooding. You know, it's it's tough to see a great coach leave, but, man, he, he did a really nice job, you know, building that program up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no question about it. And, you know, and, and Cameron and I have been friends for a long time, and I had a nice conversation with him, and, uh, even today. And, you know, he, he's one of those guys that believes in timing is everything. You know, there's maybe not an explanation for it all because I mean, he wasn't actively looking, you know, it's just, he's a Murtaugh guy. So he's kind of headed back that direction. Um, he's, he's done so much for gooding that it might be one of those things to where it's like, okay, I have, rebuilt this program as best as I can. My athletes have come through, you know, my, I'm losing Atkinson, Loveland. I mean, I don't know. That, that's got to be in, in the back of his mind, but it's the timing, right? And he still has the energy 
and is a young enough coach that that he's going to head into Burley. And he's always had his mind on Burley because he's from kind of that area, right? Um, but he still has the energy to rebuild Burley program. And Burley's going to need to be rebuilt. I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, anywhere from uh, athletes to to staff to even equipment, you know, they are going to have to start from scratch. And if they want a guy that's going to have the energy to do it and who's done it before, well, Cameron Anderson's the guy. And so now he's bumped up a little bit uh, into the 4A ranks. And so he's joining the fraternity of, you know, the the Sid Gambles and the Keelan McCaffrey's and, uh, you know, the Ben Corings and Twin and, you know, so he's getting, he's friends with these guys already, but now he's part of the fraternity uh, of the 4A. And he's pretty excited about that because he considers all of those programs really top notch in the Valley. And so he's excited to be part of it. Um, he has nothing bad to say about Gooding. Everything that he's experienced there has been wonderful. The, the relationships, uh, it, like he said, it's just it, something spoke to him, something out of this world, divine intervention, if you will, just called to him and said, you know what, you need to do this. And and he followed it. And so he's going to be the new Burley Bobcat football coach. So congratulations to him. Yeah, I think for Burley, this is going to be really exciting. Uh, job number one, get more kids out, right? I think we talked about during the football season that Burley uh, was struggling filling the lower level um, programs, JV and and freshman teams. And so it's really hard if you don't have the numbers. They have that beautiful facility, that great uh, stadium and field there. And so uh, I'm very excited to see what Coach Anderson can do there at Burley. So, Oh, I am too. And, and it's going to be great. And he's just going to bring a, a, some excitement to to a program that just hasn't had it. You know, it's, it's going to be good for our conference too because it's going to make everybody else in the conference step up a little bit. It may not be success right away. But you know that they're going to be headed in the right direction. And, uh, and it's going to be fun down the road for, for uh, Coach Anderson to see where he can take this, this Burley program because you, you have a, I can't remember the last time we talked about Burley football being uh, not relevant, but just, you know, in the conversation with the Minicos, the Jeromes, the Twins, who have just dominated the conference for so long. Yeah, and um... – I did the the battle the the river the river battle this year between Minico and Burley. I did that football game for IdahoSports.com, and I went back and was looking, and you know Burley hadn't beaten Minico, you know, since like 2002. It, it was a really long time, and it still is. Yeah. Obviously, Minico won that game. So um, you're you're right. It's been a while since Burley's been on the radar in terms of you know, being a player at the table. But I, th I think this is a first step in the right direction. And there's a lot of good young coaches. You know, Keelan McCaffrey is still very young at Minico, mm -hmm. um, even though he's been there for four years. Uh, Coach James Poole just got hired at Canyon Ridge yeah. this past year. I think he's got them moving in the right direction. So it's nice to see this influx of, of new coaching. Yeah, you know, and you brought you brought it up, the, uh, the rivalry between Minico and, and Burley. Uh, just been so lopsided for so long. You know, and it's 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 still a rivalry game. But when the game is not close, it, it's, it, it takes the luster out of it a lot of times. I mean, people show up just because it's Minico and Burley. But now, maybe in a few years, that's going to take on a whole different meaning uh, because it might be a heck of a lot closer and the fanfare isn't what dictates anymore. It's going to be the game on the field because the game on the field has been secondary in that rivalry for so long because it's been a foregone conclusion 
Um, but now, hey, you never know. You never know. So it, it's it's going to be fun down the road. Don't expect anything right away. But down the road, give him, you know, a few years. And uh, if he has the right resources at his disposal and he gets his staff in place where he wants it, eh, it's good for Burley. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. For sure. So, all right, that'll do it for this edition of the Magic Valley Prep Cast. Uh, Scott, I know you've got a plane, train, automobile, something, something to catch. <laughs> <laughs> yep, flying out of here this afternoon, headed down to uh, Phoenix and the waste management. Just getting texts from my guys that are down there right now. They're sitting on uh, that encompassed hole with the stadium, uh, number 16. It's all fantastic. They're waiting for me. So uh, I'm going to fly down and, and we'll watch them golf for three days. Do you have a favorite golfer? Scott. Well, you know, I'm, I was a tiger guy all the time, tiger, this tiger, that, and it's hard not to be a tiger guy. Um, but with him out of the mix, I, I pull a lot for Phil because we're the same age. And then I, I, I really like Ricky. I, I, I like Ricky. Um, hence the flat bill. You know, I want him to win a major. Uh, the, although this isn't a major, I mean, I, I really like him. So I'm, I got a, a few of them I, I follow, but uh, Tiger will always, always be my favorite. Okay. Well, as a fellow lefty, uh, yeah, I've always been a big Phil Mickelson fan, the, the South yeah. Palm. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, you're, well, you're lefty too? Yes. Yeah, me too. We're, we're, yeah. Yeah, we're both lefties. Yeah. That's why we oh. have the best podcast going. That's clearly. <laughs> yeah, that's clearly, that is the reason. That's clearly. what it is. So. <laughs> All right. Well, enjoy the competition, everybody. Next week, State Girls Basketball Preview coming at you on the Magic Valley Prep Cast. Until then, for Scott Burton, I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for watching slash listening. We'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.